Welcome to Live Yes with Arthritis from the Arthritis Foundation. You may have arthritis, but it doesn't have you. Here, you'll learn things that can help you improve your life and turn no into yes. This podcast is for the growing community of people like you who really care about conquering arthritis once and for all. Our hosts are arthritis patients Rebecca and Julie, and they're asking the questions you want answers to. Listen in. Welcome to the Live Yes with Arthritis podcast. I'm Rebecca, an occupational therapist living with rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis. And I'm Julie, a JA patient who's passionate about making sure all patients have a voice. for joining us on this episode of the Live Yes with Arthritis podcast. Today, Julie and I are talking about a topic that is near and dear to our hearts, and that's advocating for arthritis. That's right. There are so many different ways to advocate for arthritis. And as patients and caregivers, we're pretty darn good at talking about our experience with our doctors, with our family members, with the people in our community. But today we get to talk about a special way to tell your story a way to make change happen, to break down barriers to care. And that's with advocacy with lawmakers and policymakers on Capitol Hill and beyond. Yeah. And it's more than just that. It's honing in on your story and sharing Mm -hmm. your story and also learning that your story can make a difference. I know for myself that I was able to share my story in a situation that actually helped get a law passed in my state. And so I know that my voice matters and I hope you do too. So we're so excited to have our colleague here with us Mm -hmm. today who is in charge of advocacy for the foundation. And she's going to share more about how you can be more vocal and use your patient voice. Anna Hyde is the Vice President of Advocacy and Access at the Arthritis Foundation. She oversees both the federal and state legislative programs in addition to grassroots engagement. Her focus is to raise the visibility of arthritis as a public health priority, build support for federal and state legislation that ensures access to affordable, high-quality health care, and enhance patient engagement in the policymaking process. Anna previously served as our Senior Director of Advocacy and Access and managed the federal affairs portfolio specifically, overseeing our state team. And we are so glad to have her with us today to chat about all things advocacy and patient voice. Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to be here with you lovely ladies. When you asked me to join you today, it really, dream come true. Couldn't think of anything better. (laughs) Well, we're really glad to have you. We want to kick off our conversation today to talk about what advocacy is. Because honestly, before I came to the Arthritis Foundation, I didn't really know so much about how to share our stories and affect change. Can you talk about What is advocacy? Give us the the 101. Absolutely. It's something that I like to use. It's very simple, but I think it works well. Mm -hmm. If you've ever asked your parent to stay up past bedtime, if you've ever (laughs) uh, asked to have ice cream for dinner, you know, things like that, which I think we all have done, right? Mm -hmm. Since we were kids, you're advocating for yourself, right? And so take that up a few notches into what we do at the Arthritis Foundation. And 
really what we advocate for on behalf of patients is informed by our patients. So it's no secret that people with arthritis have to endure many disruptions in their healthcare, whether it's finding a provider that's in your network or being able to get access to the medication you need or affording the medication that you need. Those are all disruptions in your care. So if you haven't heard this term yet, one that we're starting to use a lot more now is continuity of care. And our entire advocacy program is designed to make healthcare more continuous. So it's all about making sure that people can get the care that they need when they need it from Mm -hmm. the provider they need it from. There are interruptions that are elements of a broken system or elements of something that can be changed. I remember the first time that my family was denied coverage for a particular medication. And we just kind of accepted it as fact. Okay, we've been denied for this drug. We have to try another one for 90 days and hopefully it'll work. And if it doesn't, we'll try again. Yeah, you know, Julie, that story is all too common. And I've had my own experiences with that too. Mm -hmm. I've had my own experiences with step therapy, being forced to go off of a medication I was already stable on and try a different Mm -hmm. one because I changed insurance plans. And that's what that particular insurance plan required. And it caused a lot of strain physically and emotionally to do that. These stories are a dime a dozen, unfortunately. And so those are the kind of stories that really power our advocacy. And I'll tell you that it is so valuable to be able to go into a member of Congress or a policymaker and say, listen to the story, Mm -hmm. look at this data that we've collected about the impact to the patient. It's a win for the patient, of course, but it's also a win for the healthcare system because in theory, people are going to be living longer, healthier lives and requiring less care down the line. Same with me, step therapy. That was the situation I was in. And it was one of my first times doing advocacy. And I actually got to go to DC and meet my congressman and tell him about my experiences over a few years of being forced into a step therapy situation when there was a drug I had been on for many years that worked well. That really opened his eyes. And I was able to form a relationship with that congressman over the years. And he actually, when he would see me after that, would say, hey, you're the one who taught me about step therapy. Sometimes in the sea of lawmaking and laws and healthcare systems that are convoluted, you feel like you get lost and that you're not heard. But I realized I can be heard. I just loved that, you know, in my own state, I got to go to the Capitol and testify two different times to share my story only to help get a law passed in my own state that helps all of the people. It doesn't even matter if you had arthritis or not. If you have asthma or any other kind of condition, step therapy is a thing. The patient story is really what the members of Congress remember because me as a staff person, I will go in and talk on behalf of the Arthritis Foundation and I can present all the facts and figures in the world. But it's the patient story that really sticks. As the pandemic continues, the 2021 Walk to Cure Arthritis is different, but it's still so important to get involved and keep moving our community's mission forward. Move your way. Get going at arthritis.org slash WTCA. the idea that the person's story, a patient's story is empowering to a member of Congress, well, that's empowering to a patient as well. This story about something bad that happened to me, I can take control of it and I can share it with someone who can make it better for the next person. 
that has been a healing factor in my arthritis story. But Anna, what about some other wins that you've been proud of? Like think about, we know we have lots of patients who are gearing up and telling their story and taking ownership of their story in a new way. But what is the impact? What have we done in the last little while that has made a change for patients in this country? Well, a very recent one that I'm sure a lot of listeners will be familiar (laughs) with is around surprise medical billing. This is a practice that gained a lot of media attention over the last Mm -hmm. couple of years. And this will sound familiar to a lot of folks, I'm sure. But for example, you might be going for a particular healthcare service. Perhaps it's a joint replacement. And you have done your homework. You know that your provider is in network, your surgeon, the hospital that you're getting your surgery done, Mm -hmm. all in network. What you didn't think about is that perhaps the anesthesiologist wasn't in network, right? right? Because who's going to think about that? I'm not. Mm -hmm. And so what was happening was patients were getting these bills sometimes weeks or months later Mm -hmm. for this out-of-network provider or service. And sometimes these bills can be in the thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars. And we thought that was just really an egregious practice. We were getting stories, right? going back to the importance of patients bubbling up to us, what mm-hmm. the, the disruptors are in their, in their healthcare. So we decided to take on the issue. And, and in the patient community, we were one of the first to take a position around surprise medical billing at the very beginning of the last Congress, the 116th Congress. And we worked, we did action alerts, we did uh, blog posts, we really wanted to get the word out. Uh, we set up a story bank on our right. website so that patients could tell us what their experiences were with surprise medical billing. And then we took all of those stories and we went to Congress and we talked to members of Congress. We joined with other <laughs> organizations, a lot of other patient and provider organizations that got involved with us because there is such strength in numbers. And at the very end of the Congress, very last yeah. second almost, <laughs> we were able to get that legislation passed December 28th of oh 2020. But that is something that's going to help so many people because now you don't have to worry about months down the line getting this envelope in the mail that says you owe $10,000 for something you weren't even aware of. That's really exciting. So now the hard work of making sure that people know about this protection, that's the Mm -hmm. other side of advocacy. One is getting the law passed, but then the next is making sure that people know about it and that they're actually benefiting from the protections. And that law will go into effect January of 2022. That law is called the No Surprises Act. Is that right, Anna? Correct. I'm in Colorado and I helped support a bill here about that as well. I, again, ran into my state senator. I was leading and helping teach new advocates how to approach lawmakers at the Capitol when you are sharing your story. And we ran into my state senator who was part of that step therapy committee that I testified in front of. And and he's like, ah, I'm not surprised that you're here. And he remembered me and he was like, yeah, you know, this medical billing thing is surprise medical billing thing is just a sham and it's not okay. I actually had that experience. I had had what my last spinal surgery that was a really big one. It was a full year later. I got a bill in the mail for over a hundred thousand dollars for neuromonitoring that they did during my surgery, which I did not know somebody did. And apparently they were out of network and off they neuromonitor because, you know, they were working on my spine from afar, right? So they're not in the building, whatever. But I'm like, um, no, I'm not paying this. This is not okay. Mm-hmm. How on earth anybody is expected to pay a bill like that? I don't know. But that was a full year after my surgery that I got it. 
So this is the kind of stuff that we advocate for and make sure that we're protecting patients from these kinds of practices. And it's important to share those stories. I'm glad you brought up state legislation, Rebecca, because we do have a state program in addition to lobbying Congress for national change. There are so many needs at the state level and every state is different, of course, as you know. And step therapy, going back to that fun Mm -hmm. issue, is another example of where we've seen a lot of success at the state level. We have passed laws in a number of states, again, working in coalition, strength in numbers. We've led the way for several years now. And every year we notch another win or two at the state level. And we're hoping at the federal level that we'll have a win on step therapy. So Mm -hmm. stay tuned. If you're not already signed up to be an advocate, you'll receive all of the updates and newsletters and things like that. So when the step therapy legislation that we're working on right now gets introduced, Mm -hmm. we will put out action alerts and provide all sorts of ways for patients to get involved. Your voice matters. You have the power to make arthritis a higher priority in American healthcare. Influence state and federal policies, healthcare laws, and funding, and bring arthritis out of the shadows. Go to arthritis.org slash advocate and sign up. Patients have so much to manage when they are navigating chronic care for their arthritis and There are so many T's to cross and I's to dot. There's a team of people at the Arthritis Foundation who are actively working to make it easier so that you have fewer T's and fewer I's to handle and manage and know that they are there. But if you do have that extra bandwidth and you you want to learn more and take action and share that story, you certainly can. So Anna, why don't you tell us a little bit about our advocacy grassroots program? There are a number of ways people can get involved. I mean, one we just talked about, you can sign up to be an advocate. Whatever it is that we're working on that month, we will include updates and and opportunities. Sometimes we really just need to hear from patients. So we may be gearing up for a major issue. Like for example, right now, Mm -hmm. we are focused as an organization on pain management. And there is a major advocacy component to that because we know that not everyone has access to the medications they need to treat their pain. And so... What really are those issues that people are experiencing, Mm -hmm. right? What are the access barriers? What therapies are they not able to receive access to? We only know that by patients telling us. If you want to take your advocacy to the next level, we do have an ambassador program and, and you can sign up in the same place on our website. That gives you more access to the staff. You get special webinars Mm -hmm. where we do deep dives into the landscape at the state and federal level. We give you assignments, just opportunities to engage in all sorts of ways. And it could be just introducing yourself to your new member of Congress, starting that relationship building process. It could be responding to an action alert. So when that step therapy bill gets introduced, we'll give you an opportunity to send a personalized message to your member of Congress, asking them to co-sponsor the legislation. So things like that, that are a little bit more active. And for folks who are our superstars, uh, we have our (laughs) Platinum Ambassador Program. And those are the advocates who really, you know, they go above and beyond. This is a really dedicated group of people who help us in ways that are more invaluable than I could even say. It's not just that they help to raise the voice of the Arthritis Foundation as a whole, but they also give us really important advice Mm -hmm. about what's working and what's not working. And we really just rely on them for feedback at every single level. Right. I think one of the things that 
is so exciting about the advocacy program is that you can sign up to be an advocate and in five minutes or less, make a difference. Contact your member of Congress, send out a tweet. And those actions, those minutes, those five minutes a month can really add up and make change happen. And they might open a door for you to become someone who gets more engaged, more involved, that platinum ambassador level who can help lead your community and make meaningful, lasting change through meaningful, lasting relationships with legislators. Yeah. And you're you're helping move the needle on some public health policy, not just yours and your healthcare and, and the community that we're in of the arthritis community, but in general, just some public health agendas that mm-hmm. we're moving the needle on. And it's very empowering. And I, I don't think that our advocacy team can make it any easier with these action alerts. I remember the first time I started doing one, I'm like, oh, they've already written everything I need to say. I just need to add my personal story. And it literally takes less than five minutes. It already searches your local congressman to email and your senator. And you have all the basic information about whatever it is that we're trying to advocate for. And it's it's up to you to share your story and how much of your story. If I'm having a bad day, I can advocate for myself and for everybody in my community. But arthritis is, it's such a huge umbrella. And there's 54 million people who have a form of doctor-diagnosed arthritis. So That's a very large chunk of our population. So Anna, tell us about how advocacy works for a chronic disease like arthritis. How do we work with Congress in general to just raise the awareness for the realities of this disease? You know, some people just think of it as that arthritis that, you know, you get when you're older or you have this joint hurt or that joint hurt. But we know that there's a whole umbrella of issues and different diagnoses that fall under here. How do we work with Congress to raise that awareness? Well, this is actually a really good time for anyone who's looking to get involved because it's the beginning of a new Congress. We also have a new administration. So it's an opportunity to put our priorities and educate policymakers about arthritis who may be brand new. And what we do every Congress, at the beginning of every Congress, is a welcome to Congress packet. It has all sorts of information about what arthritis is, the fact that it is an umbrella term that refers to over 100 different kinds of diseases, the fact that there is no disease-modifying drug for osteoarthritis, which impacts so many millions of people. And through our action alert system, Mm -hmm. uh, we've given our advocates the tools to take that packet and send it to their member of Congress. And we had just an interesting example just a few days ago, one of our advocates who did this got a note back from her congressperson who said, thank you so much for sharing this with me. I had no idea that there was no disease-modifying drug for osteoarthritis. Wow. So we're putting information like that, Rebecca, onto people's radar. So many mm-hmm. people don't know that arthritis impacts children. Right. I don't know that I knew that when I before I came on to the Arthritis Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Those kinds of facts are really powerful. The other thing that I think is really important because arthritis is a chronic disease, is that there are a lot of comorbidities. Mm -hmm. So many people with arthritis also have diabetes or heart disease or other things like that. So taking that kind of information to members of Congress is important too, because when we can say you're not just moving the needle on this one disease, you're potentially having a much bigger impact on so many more people. The step therapy barriers, the out-of-pocket cost barriers and those things don't just impact people with arthritis, right? Mm -hmm. They impact everyone in the healthcare system, anyone who's a patient. Yeah, I think one of the things I learned in my first year of advocacy too that I always try to share and 
other people find eye-opening is how arthritis impacts our military. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any of that until I became an advocate and started, you know, learning all of these things that one in three military members or veterans has a form of arthritis. And so that's something that really kind of opens the eyes of Congress every time I've shared that fact too. And it's things like that. So it truly is a a huge public health issue. We have a whole program of work that we've been leading for several years to have more research at the Department of Defense specific to people with arthritis because it is very unique. The way arthritis impacts our service members is different than the Mm -hmm. way it impacts civilians. We have so many toolkits and resources to help you find how to contact your insurance company or whoever it may be, how to talk to that person, knowing what your rights are, Mm -hmm. knowing how to file an appeal, those sorts of things that can help you right now. I think that that is so important to keep in mind too. It's not this nebulous thing where you're contacting your member of Congress and you don't know what the exact impact is going to be tomorrow when you need help today. Mm -hmm. The helpline is another Mm -hmm. you can call or email. And those folks who work for the helpline for the Arthritis Foundation can help direct people to these resources, including advocacy resources. Well, the helpline is is funded in part by the CDC Arthritis Program, which we, of course, advocate for. We lead a community of organizations in advocating for increased funding for the CDC Arthritis Program. And increasing funding for the CDC right now, as we all know, is really important because of the pandemic, of course, but also to address chronic disease issues, to collect more data, to make sure that people have access to self-management programs, right? To control their pain and other symptoms in the absence of disease-modifying drugs. And so the funding for that CDC program is so important. And I know, Anna, it's only funded in a certain number of states. And I know every year we ask for more so we could add more states on. Can you talk a little bit about that? So the CDC Arthritis Program at the moment only has enough funding to fund roughly 12 or 13 states. They do have some national partners like the Arthritis Foundation as well, but getting those really tailored programs that are specific to that state, there's just not enough funding. And so what we are are sort of embarking upon is a campaign to increase the funding. We're calling it our 54 for 54 campaign. Right now, the, the program only gets $11 million, $11 million for the leading cause of disability in this country. And so what we're saying is let's increase the funding to $54 million in honor of the 54 million Americans living with doctor diagnosed arthritis. And that way, the program would have enough funds to give all 50 states grant funding so that they could set up their own sort of state-specific programs tailored to the people in their states. Yeah, and they are great evidence-based programs too. I actually was (laughs) certified to teach that self-management course at one point as an occupational therapist. And I can't tell you how powerful those programs were for people. It Mm -hmm. brought together people who all shared something in common and that was pain. And you learn how to manage, you learn, you know, exercises, you learn about nutrition, and mostly you make a connection with other people who get it like you. We did an episode of our podcast. It's all about walk with ease and walking for your arthritis to take control of some of your pain and getting moving. From our insights data, from our great patient reported outcomes program, we know that we have a great number of patients who have difficulty walking at all or for 15 minutes or more. And that 
is something that we can take control of together through these programs that are funded by the CDC Arthritis Program, partnering with the Arthritis Foundation. And the more that we listen, the more that we engage, the more change that we can make. That's an important and exciting thing. That's a really good point, Julie, because the reason we even conceived of the 54 for 54 campaign was mm-hmm. because of that insights data, the very mm-hmm. first round of, of that patient-reported outcomes data that showed that pain impacts 100% mm-hmm. of people who took that assessment. And so we said, well, this is just unacceptable. Right. What are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Let's go bold and let's call for full funding for arthritis research and programs. And when we were thinking about what full funding looks like, we happened upon that $54 million number. Mm-hmm. So strengthen numbers, strengthen data. I think there are lots of ways that we can take control today. And I, I feel thankful for the advocacy program for not only teaching me what those things are, but how I can fight for more of them, for more people, for our country, for arthritis. Yeah, absolutely. And you too are my heroes because <laughs> you helped teach me that my voice mattered. Mm-hmm. I've really learned how to hone in on my story get to the basic points if I'm sharing it, you know, in an elevator speech, basically, right? Which is what I had to do. But that, you know, one minute story that I shared helped get a law passed in my state. So, you know, I think it's so important to find your voice. And a lot of people feel lost and in pain. And when you find your voice, it really does help you feel like you can take some control. Mm-hmm. If one of our listeners is out there and has arthritis, osteoarthritis, back pain, whatever it is. And they're suffering right now. And they're thinking, oh, y'all are crazy. I don't have time for that. I can't even make it down the stairs right now or out of bed. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about how patients can just advocate for themselves within their own life, with their mm-hmm. healthcare providers, with their family. I know that that's also an issue sometimes where, you know, my family doesn't get it. My friends don't understand why I'm canceling, you know, plans. But if all the energy I have to give is to take care of myself, how can I advocate for myself and my care in other ways? We want to meet you where you are. And that means we're helping you identify what are the problems that you most need solved and what are the best ways for you to advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. And for some people, it may be, I'm very active on social media and that is the best way for me. So we have resources to teach you how to use social media to engage with your member of Congress, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, For some people, it may be writing a letter or making a phone call. So there are things big and small. For some people, it's they want to be really visible. They really want to make a splash. So testify before your state legislature. We have many, many patients who have done that uh, and are continuing to do that. And uh, coming to Washington, D.C. is another opportunity, which hopefully once all of this is said and done, uh, we'll be able to do that again. There's something for everyone. Right. Even if you cannot do this right now, hey, that's okay. We want you to know that someone is fighting for you in whatever way plays to your strength and whatever precision advocacy opportunity or capacity you can fulfill. That's here. But if the most advocacy you can do right now is telling your doctor that you have a nine on the pain scale and you don't know what to do about it, just know that practicing saying those words out loud just gives you the skills that you'll need someday or if you choose to, to then share your story, testifying before your state legislature or you know, calling your member of Congress and saying, hey, this is wrong, but here's a bill that can change that. Those things are possible. It's just a matter of giving what you can when you can and putting no more pressure on yourself. 
Your input makes a world of difference in getting more arthritis research funding and changing policies that help those in the arthritis community. Make change happen by participating in the Live Yes Insight Survey for adults and for JA parents. Go to arthritis.org slash insights to get started. I will say this is a really exciting time to get involved in advocacy because we have some really bold, ambitious goals ahead and we're going to need as many people as we can helping us out. I mentioned at the top about continuity of care. Mm -hmm. We need to understand what are your big disruptors? What are the things that are keeping you up at night the most when it comes to your healthcare so that we can be responsive and build healthcare policies that are going to most help you. So stay tuned. There will be a lot more to come in the next few months as we build out this big program of work. But, you know, I I really feel at this moment that, you know, we're in a kind of go big or go home moment. (laughs) And we want to be as responsive as we can to the major challenges that are happening because this fragmented healthcare system is, is, we're really not in a good place right now with it. And it's really important to make progress along the way, passing those step therapy bills and passing surprise medical billing. But we also want to think longer term yeah, about a healthcare right. system that's going to be really, truly patient-centered. Mm-hmm. And we need as many patient voices and stories as we can to put a face to all of the issues that we experience on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Anna, We usually try to end our podcast (laughs) with our top three takeaways from the episode. And so I wonder, what would your top three takeaways be for our listeners on how to advocate for themselves with arthritis? Well, my very top one would be that your story is the most compelling thing that you have to bring to the table. Advocacy doesn't have to be scary. You don't have to worry about knowing every single corner of the legislation or the data points. That's my job as a staff person. Your job is just to tell your story. Your story matters. That's number one. Number two is it doesn't have to be difficult. You can make it as easy or as complicated as you want. And then the third is that it doesn't have to take a long time. I will go back to what you said a few minutes ago, Rebecca, that you could open up an action alert and then be in touch with your member of Congress in less than five minutes. Awesome. Thank you so much. You know, I call the advocacy team at our foundation, the A-team. Um, <laughs> special place in my heart. I wouldn't be here without y'all. So That's thank right. you so much for, for sharing all of this with us today, Anna. I think it's very insightful for people to, to hear and understand that your voice matters and you can take action. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Also, for more information about our program and ways that you can get involved in advocacy, go to arthritis.org slash advocate. This Live Yes with Arthritis podcast was brought to you by the trusted experts of the Arthritis Foundation. We're bringing together leaders in the arthritis community to help you make a difference in your own life in ways that make sense. You may have arthritis, but it doesn't have you. The content in this episode was developed independently by the Arthritis Foundation. Go to arthritis.org slash podcast for episodes and show notes. And stay in touch 